What's up, everybody? It's been a while, but I'm back. <laughs> I took a little hiatus. Sorry. It's been a couple weeks since my last podcast. Had to get some things together. Had to gather my thoughts. Um, but uh, but I'm back. But I'm here. Here I am. Uh, beginning of the season. Super busy. But uh, here we are. And uh, and I am fortunate to have Ryan Greenspan on the uh, on the podcast. Been wanting to get him for a while. And uh, it, it was really cool hearing his story because. Um, like you guys probably heard in the past, I was a Dynasty fan when I was younger, and uh, and this guy was one of the founding members, which is uh, which is really really cool. I mean, and and he he talked a little bit about how him and Yosh have known each other since kindergarten. That's crazy, and they still play paintball together and travel the world and enjoy each other's company. So, so that I mean. I love it, and uh, and and Ryan has turned into the, uh, you know, pretty much the ultimate clinic master and world traveler. So uh, so that's very very cool. But um, before we get into the podcast, thank you to our sponsors. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by Charm City Paintball. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but um, I am sporting a Charm City Paintball headband on my pack as a pack band, and this thing is sweet. I mean, it has it's it's an American flag and the stars, the colors, the stripes, everything is stitched in, and it is awesome. I mean, it's pristine. I'm kind of I'm kind of bummed that it's on my pack, getting all dirty, and nasty. But because I wear a beanie, you wouldn't be able to see it. So uh, these things are awesome. I mean, hand the, the quality, they're handcrafted. Everything is very like low run, so it's it's very rare. But um, Mike does a great job. Charm City Paintball. Check him out. He has a a Facebook as well as an Instagram. But if you if you guys want to see that pack band in particular, go ahead and check out my Instagram. I'm gonna be posting up about it more and more. But um, he has all kinds of all kinds of stuff available: headbands, head wraps, all kinds of goodies, and he also does custom stuff. So hit him up. Charm City Paintball, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. We are also brought to you by Contract Killer, or uh, you might see them on uh, Instagram or Facebook as CK Fight Life. They, uh, but they've been in the industry for a while. Uh, you might have known them as Hybrid, but um, but yeah, uh, CK has been. They've been everywhere. They they make packs. They make pants. They make jerseys. They make all kinds of stuff. And what they're uh, what what I've seen the most out of them lately from everybody else is they do custom uh, laser engraving, which is really cool. They've done multiple uh, pros guns and uh, I mean just sweet designs too. I mean full and it, it's not just a little a little thing here. I mean th- these are full gun designs. And what does uh what's neat about it is that you're not you're not really limited to anything. Because, I mean, they can throw whatever design on the side. And I think they help you out, too. So you're not just like, I don't know what to put on there. I want a unicorn or something. No, they, they have, you know, full-fledged design team that will design this stuff for you and and uh, make your dreams come true with the laser engraving. But um, but it's cool. Yeah, as far as paintball goes, pants, packs. Uh, but they also do uh, jujitsu gear as well. So I have a gi of one of theirs. Um, one of their geese, along with a belt, they have a rash guard that's there. 
huge supporters of uh, of the sport of uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I love their gear, man. It, it's it's awesome. They have uh, their gis are super high quality, um, nice cotton, thick, and um, it's great. But also make sure you check out their uh, all their laser laser engraving. They have um, they have a phone number where you can call Tony at nine five one two one nine five zero four five. And uh, if you call, make sure you tell them that Carl from the Playing On podcast sent you. Or you can go ahead and visit their website ckfightlife com and you can just browse through all of their goodies there so thank you to um, contract killer and last but not least we are brought to you by planet eclipse who have released the cs2 i mean that thing is pretty snazzy i don't know if you guys saw it or not but you can uh, check them out on planeteclipse.com or any of the teams that are sponsored by planet eclipse you've probably seen the uh the plethora of pictures that have come out that have uh, all of their their custom markers that um that planet has provided them. I mean, these, these things are pretty slick. I, I, I had the chance to take one and take a look at it. And, uh, I haven't shot it yet because, uh, because everybody else was using them. So, uh, but I, I'm, it's, they're, they're pretty cool, man. It's, it's a very unique looking design. Uh, it's a cooler way that the batteries actually stay inside of the foregrip. Uh, they're spring loaded now, so they stay in there nice and tight. I believe they reinforce that. So, uh, so that doesn't bend or anything, uh, but, uh, but also, I mean, just the lines and everything, the bolt design, there's a few different features on this and the, and the trigger shoe is different and the, and the way I believe the trigger swings and, and acts is, uh, is different, but these, these things are pretty slick. I mean, and I don't know if you guys saw, but the Aftershock ones are out and these things are tight. They're very, very sweet. And, uh, they have the LV 1.5s out as well. And, uh, that. they're so sweet such the splash design with blue black and gray and it's it's so sick but um but make sure you check them out planeteclipse.com and uh get your hands on one of the new uh, cs2s so thank you to all of our sponsors and uh i don't want to hold you up anymore here is the podcast with ryan greenspan So I mean, is that what you use for a lot of your, uh, like a lot of your quick videos, or kind of just running around? Pretty much everything. Yeah, I, I don't use any other camera. That's it. I have a GoPro. I actually just got a new one, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I have yet to use it. It's just, you know, being able to do this is just so much better, and the picture quality on these things is better than anything else, really, yeah. as long as how you're holding it stable. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, because I noticed you have that little, uh, what is that, that quick stick? or not, It's not quick stick. Or what the hell is it called? The switch. The switcheroo. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. This thing's pretty sweet. Uh, I, and you can put your camera on this. You have a camera mount for it. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what was mounted to my tripod for my sweet. Uh, this is how I have. <laughs> this is on my desk with this thing. And you can put this here. And <clears throat> this is actually really rad. Uh, these guys are super cool, too. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm really stoked on it. Because you can kind of like. Just flip your camera around. Yeah, it's such a cool perspective because you get that. Uh, you don't have to physically switch anything. You you have it right there in your hand. Just right. Yeah, because I mean, I, I've used so many of these little sticks before, and and you'll be like, all right, cool. I want to get now. I got to talk to myself, you know. So you yeah. have it here. Okay, I'm gonna poke it at some animal's face. You know, yeah. <laughs> you're like wow, that's cool. You know? so, so what got? I mean, funny. have you always 
have you always been uh, filming yourself during all your travels, or is this something that's kind of been in the last three, four years that you've really gotten into? No, I mean, uh, you know, actually, I guess I have been doing it because if you go back on my YouTube channel, I have videos from like seven years ago or more, um, and, and it was more I started filming myself a little bit more to kind of like show people. Well, first, it was pictures. I did a little picture videos when on iMovie back in the day because take pictures of everything, yeah. and then I realized you can just do the same thing with videos. Uh, and then <clears throat> it was when I went and climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, which would have been Five or six years ago, uh, seven years ago, seven, seven years ago, maybe I don't know somewhere out there. Uh, I just had a GoPro. It was like the GoPro two, and I literally had it mounted on the end of a a, a wooden like paper towel holder. And you get that like little it had the little uh, bike. It's like a bike mount. Yeah. Just locked on. To, they still use it all. It's like just locked on to any kind of like bar handle or something. Yeah, yeah, bar handle or something. And I'd use that for my barrel cam, but. You, Barrel cams and GoPros don't really work because you can't. There's no depth of field. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just mounted on that thing, and then I was like, "Hey, let's just tell a story. I'll film it, and, and we'll edit it, and make a cool video." And that's actually one of the, my favorite videos I've ever made. Is that Mel Kilimanjaro video? I'll have to go back and watch it. Yeah, it's it's, it's like the best. So I've always had an issue with because I don't like. I hate seeing people with the selfie sticks and like doing <laughs> the thing. So I hate being that person. Yeah. And so I like. When I go on a trip, I'll start to kind of like, okay, I want to do it. And then I go out there, and I'm like, I hate putting the camera in front of my face. I hate doing this. Yeah. And I don't like forcing people like my friends. So if I'm going to make a video, it's I, I got to be the storyteller, the director, the producer, the, the actor. star. Yep. Yeah. You know, and I got to write it, you know, not write it. But you have to have a plan because music can only push your content so far. Mm-hmm. You can only have like a music video of something. But I like the idea of telling a story. So that's why this Mount Kilimanjaro video was fun because it documented every single day and it was me and my my friend climbing this mountain yeah. and uh, and then you it just worked out so well. Um, and then the other ones are just kind of like I always go in there with the intention of telling a story or you know because I want to share the world with people. I want to share mm-hmm. what we get to do. Um, and sometimes it works and sometimes I have like two full like after two different trips to Africa with like gorillas and some with like lions and all sorts of cool stuff that are just sitting in my editing uh, suite because I just there's no story there it's like hard to piece things together day by day yeah so I just feel like it's not cool enough um, well I think that's a tough part with like because I've always thought about I've always wanted to vlog yeah half the time I think my life you know I, I do so much more of a nine to five than I do, like, then I have time, I feel, even with my family or with, you know, with paintball or anything like that. So it's it's hard to kind of build a story around something I do so much on an everyday basis. But mm-hmm. um, but I was thinking about it more and more, like, I want to vl- vlog. I think just telling a story would be so cool and be able to do that. But I, I, I feel the same way. I hate having to be the one that's always, like, you know, talking and this and this and this and this and this instead of kind of being in the moment. But at the same time, it's a cool memory because you can you – can, transpose that onto uh youtube or video for the population to watch but you know how much b-roll do you have that you haven't used i mean there's that too yeah you know it's funny i i have a a a huge respect for those guys that edit these videos like especially for you know when we see a um an hk video or whoever a virtue video or pb whatever Mm -hmm. um, social paintball video you're like wow that was pretty cool two minute video yeah two minute video yeah i know how tedious it is for me, just looking at like, and I only shoot clips like I'm going to use this. You yeah. Know? I, it's just tedious for me to look through like a couple of hours, maybe like even an hour of video 
to try to edit something down to like three or some odd minutes. I can't imagine the amount of content that these guys have to like sift through and find like these are the cool fits, you know, clips. Yeah. Granted, they're not really telling a story too much. It's just this is on Friday, this is on Saturday, and this is the finals on Sunday. Mm. Uh, but, you know, obviously they're music driven and action driven spot pieces, but like, man. Their eyes must be bleeding at the end of the day. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's ridiculous because, I mean, it's just like you said, you know, even when I shoot little things, I have the shot already in my head. Mm-hmm. Like, And, I, and yeah. I have once I shoot it for three, four, five seconds, I have it. I'm like, okay, yeah, I know that I have it. But these guys are taking, like, like you said, hours and hours and hours of video, and then they have to cut it up and they have to place it in. I, I don't even want to know how many times they go back to it and then they actually like, uh-huh. finally like it. And then you like have to it. sync it up properly and just – it's uh, it's crazy. I, I like I said, I just it's crazy. That's pain in the butt. So uh, I kind of want to talk to you, uh, which I'm probably you probably told this story over and over and over again. But w- what I like though is that um, you know, I kind of grew up uh, watching you guys play, and so and, and being a fan myself. So uh, it's very cool being able to sit down and 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 talk to you and kind of what I want to do is kind of get a little bit into your past and how uh paintball came to you or or you found paintball and then really into the early days of dynasty and uh and why i mean so first off this question are you one of the originators of the team itself yes yes as a matter of fact i came up with a name oh really well i i threw the name into a us uh a hat of different names that we had yeah because um i guess i'll just show you want me to start there oh yeah 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 go ahead <laughs> Uh, so I was, so Yosh and I had moved down here for college together, uh, to go to San, here at San Diego Mm -hmm. from Northern California. And I was on, so you were playing paintball already. Yeah. We were already playing paintball. I was on a team called out of control, uh, which turned into cat factory team, which, uh, myself, Oliver played on the team for a time. He was already on the Ironman. Alex Frady was on the team. Yosh was on the team and we moved down here and we're like, it was 2000 when I moved down to San Diego for school. So it would be the 2001 season is when we're like, you know, let's go pro. So back then you could just, you could pay the 2,300 bucks or the $2,500. You could be a pro. Yeah. Um, uh, not much qualification. So we're like, sweet, let's, let's do it. And, uh, JT back then, um, is JT still around? They're still around, right? I, they're in like the, I think they're like, part of empire or something like that. Aren't yeah, they? They're under the empire yeah. of all that. Um, anyway, so JT USA, which was the big company that back then, huge, uh, helped back us a little bit like with entrance fees and, and we ended up making enough to uh, support the team for for basically a full season. But um, we're like, all right, what are we going to call our team name? It was me, Chuck Hench, Alex Frege. Um, Yosh was on the, went to the Ironman at this time. He decided to go with Oliver to the Ironman. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we had Rodney Squires or, you know, a couple other guys that were, and uh, I remember I was in school and I was in history at 103 or whatever college <laughs> history class. And we just happened to be studying uh, dynasties. And uh, so it was fresh in my mind. And we were throwing out names. It was like, I think Chuck wanted to, one of our team names that we thought of was Impact. Like, oh, what really? about Impact? And we had this Webster's Dictionary out. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure Alex Frazier's told this story too, pretty much, pretty much the exact same story. Um, and I think he was like, you know, Impact Damage or like, you know, catastrophe or, you know, like something like, you know, this is what Chuck was coming up with. And I was like, Oh, what about dynasty? And I didn't really think about how at that time, like it's a pretty big name. We can't, you oh, can't yeah. just, well, you guys, I mean, you guys made the name. I mean, you guys could have been, yeah. you know, ape tit 
and if, yeah, you, if you would have exactly, it would have worked. So you guys made the name for sure, right? But I mean, it just happened to fit really well with us. It rolls off so, the tongue so yeah. long. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and, it, and it rolls off the tongue. Yeah, it's a good one. So yes, I was I was there at the beginning. Um, we started it. Uh, we were at the time the very first ever team run team. You know, there was no one telling us what we can and can't do. You know, you'll see with the Ironman over the history of the Ironman, they're not playing at events because guy says no. Like, you know, tough luck. Yeah. You can't play in that. Like the, there'll be events. I remember I forgot what events event it was, and I want to say that like even Houston Heat, like those guys, even last year actually, this is even a good. Uh, Randy from the owner of Houston Heat was like, if any of my players play in Europe, then you're not gonna you're gonna get docked pay. Like, well, like I guess. and they weren't even playing in Europe. It's, it's like yeah. you should be able to play as much paintball as you want. Like my my players aren't allowed to play. And Ironman was the same thing. Like the guys weren't even allowed to go to the field the, one of the weekends that there was a tournament because mm-hmm. Die didn't endorse the tournament. It's like. So the joys uh, of being a con, you know, a contracted player, a contracted player. Yeah. So like our guys play as much paintball as you want. And I, I think yeah. that that's something that our, our sponsors have always loved about us. It's like, um, we've had in our contract before. It's like, okay, you have to play in five us events and four European events. Mm-hmm. Well, even if the team doesn't go to Europe, it's like, ah, uh, you know, how can we get around this? Well, what if we send seven of our guys out there and they play on six or five different teams? Like that's even more value. Yeah. Uh, so we, we've been, we've been, pretty fortunate and we kind of like trailblaze that whole that whole team run idea concept like plan you know yeah it's worked out pretty well <laughs> it's worked out right yeah you know, and I, <laughs> so uh really so, gotta go for it yeah so um so you and yosh uh you guys went to college together and mm-hmm. and you both moved down together we so how, to kindergarten together really that far back yeah we grew up like a mile like a mile and a half away from each other that's awesome yeah <laughs> I mean, there's not very many people that that can say that they know somebody. At least, I mean, right. I'm, the furthest back for me, I think a friend goes is like fifth grade. Uh-huh. That, that's still around because I mean, so many people do so many different things, and you know, it, it's it's very fortunate yeah. I think to have somebody that far back to still be doing something that you love to do together. For sure, I know that's pretty crazy. <laughs> so, so how did um, how did paintball come about? Um, it was. Oh, hang on. Something? I think I lost your mic. My cylinder. I I can hear you, but I think now you're going through the uh, uh, you're oh. going through the laptop. I think I dropped it on the ground. <laughs> good call, good call. Hold on, hold on. Stay with us, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. Technical difficulties with the lav mic. It's all good. Great. Uh, yeah, probably just fell fell right on the ground. See, I gesticulate so much. When I talk, it's all right. It's a good thing. It's engaging. All right, am I back? You're back. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I'm moving my hands. There's cords <laughs> everywhere. You know, I just, I just got these, you know, the fancy Bluetooth uh, headphones, and, and then next thing you know, I'm already plugged in here and I'm plugged in there. Like I haven't even used these things for what anything. What are wires? What? Yeah, I know, on? right? I was so excited to be wire free. I got two sets of uh, Bose headsets, and now I'm back to double. I'm at double wires right now. <laughs> Tangled up here. It's all right. <laughs> Okay, um, uh, so where were we? So what? Uh, how did uh, how did paintball come about? Oh yeah, so uh, a couple kids on our, like on my block. We, when growing up, we kind of grew up in like a rural rural area. Mm-hmm. So uh, I lived on like an uh, acre of land, I guess. And so we all like it's a couple kids from our block, and by block, it's like it's not really like a, a block that you would <laughs> you would imagine. It's like you know an acre, and then the next house is kind of down a little bit. Yeah. And um, 
everybody's like, hey, we're going to get some paintball guns. My mom hates guns or hated, or still doesn't like guns. Right. Just but, the word um, gun, I think, is kind of. Yeah, yeah. That's And that's also it. obviously a stigma that's held the whole sport back. We'll get into that later. Yeah. But, um, you know, a couple of guys were like, hey, we're going to get some guns. And I, I, and, you know, we looked online and or so, I think first we went to play paintball at like a field called Paintball Hill, mm-hmm. which is just kind of far away. I'm like, man, this is so much fun. Goggles fogging up, getting shot. We all had pump guns back then. Typical first time. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're like, oh, let's let's do this. And so um, back then in the paintball magazines, because uh, there really wasn't an Internet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was, but not really. It was <laughs> like, physical. <laughs> there was an Internet. Yeah. But basically everything, <laughs> magazines and phone calls. And so uh, we just kind of like it was really cool back then. You know, there would be like a package in the on. And the and the magazine, it's like for 120 bucks, you get this Diablo 2 pump gun and a JT Whippersnapper goggle and a 12 ounce CO2 tank and a 200 round loader. I'm like, dope! Like I want to get this. Yeah. And 120 bucks back then when I was 15 was a chunk of change. Oh yeah. Right. And so mowed a bunch of lawns, got that, got the package in the mail, and basically we started just playing uh, with 100 paintballs each playing pump guns in our backyards just built a field in my backyard <laughs> and then my mom worked near the paintball store so she would go every week and we'd play after school we'd play on the weekends like play all the time just pump guns you know and we weren't yeah. using a lot of paint uh so every week she would like take the tanks like to take first it started with four 12 ounce co2 tanks and then we got more kids to play and then it was like eight co2 tanks and so she'd go in the paintball store owner was like oh great here she comes this lady coming in trying to fill 10 co2 tanks now like they hated it yeah. and then so she'd go in so she kind of knew them and then uh we went in a little bit more and and then next thing you know like more people started playing and we you know met yo or kind of started not met yosh but kind of like started hanging out with yosh more back then because of that and we played yeah. at his house because he had a bigger yard and it just really snowballed from there and and because my mom Got it. Got to know the paintball store owners so well because she was the. And then I'd buy like a box of paint back then. It was what like, there was no two thousand round boxes. It was like, premium gold was the cheapest paint you could get for eighty nine dollars a box for twenty five hundred. Yeah. Uh, Markleizer was like one oh nine, and then when Starball came out, it was like one hundred fifty dollars a box. <laughs> People complain about paint prices now, but Man. I would uh, I would bag up bags of a hundred and sell them to my friends for five bucks a hundred, uh, and pay for my next case of paint. Yeah. And so that's kind of what just kept playing. Just we go home, we like do our homework and hey, you want to come over and play paintball? And we run in the backyard and play two on two or something like that with pump guns. Oh, that's awesome. And then it slowly upgraded to, to better and bigger yeah. stuff. So what was your first uh, like really memorable marker that you that you saved up for or that you came across? So that's really funny you say that because I, I was just um, talking to somebody about how packaging like you know, like the package of something is really cool opening it up and and I, I i related it back to like the very first and i think it's a smell thing too because i was just, i was just in uh atlanta for a, a clinic mm-hmm. and i was just man like packaging is so cool i remember opening up my very first autococker and i think autocockers were 500 dollars back then 499 or it was like a special for like some season you know <laughs> you know you know the regulator comes with it and and it was like 499 or something and it just the smell of like the gun oil and like how the machine, like the line, it was just a stock one with like the big block in the back and yeah. it on it. Dude, it just looked so cool. And I think the box was just a white crummy box, but it was on the foam. And when you open it up, it was just glistening because it had so much oil all over it. <laughs> and I just remember that smell and just like the, that, that was the most memorable kind of like, you know, marker that I got to like experience. And also because uh, I think after that, 
you know, after I put several upgrades on that thing throughout, that was a fun thing about autocockers. Yeah. But after that, I think we started to get sponsored and things became less expensive and still equally as cool, but there's mm-hmm. nothing that jump from when I had a pump gun, like the SL 682, uh, to like that gun opening that thing up was, was pretty sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, I've I've had a I've had a couple, but the most memorable and it's it's funny too that you mentioned smell because my most memorable smell memory from uh, from back then was I don't I can't even remember what kind of paint it was, but it just smelled like ass. The, <laughs> the paint smelled terrible, and for some reason I always uh-huh. have that just in my head. It was I don't know what paint it was, but I think was it, it was ball? <laughs> probably. <laughs> I don't know. It was it was terrible, but uh, well, yeah, I mean that that a lousy paint will will smell lousy you know well that's the thing too it's like and and i know back when i started too i never noticed whether or not the paint was like off center or lopsided or or dimpled i was just throwing it into my loader and going out there and playing and it's crazy how now like i'm i'm looking at the paint and we're always checking it and how how you know concerned we are about paint now when when back then we just want to go out and play like didn't matter yeah well now it's the same thing we still want to go out and play but we also want to shoot people because like that's kind of our jobs you know so it's like yeah you know, if we can find something to blame an issue, have an issue with, like, I don't want to go out there and be like, God, oh, this sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I think paint back then was was made a little better. Um, it was definitely a bigger ball and heavier. Yeah. I know that. Uh, more paint inside of it, but just kind of trimming trimming some costs for all the, the manufacturers out there. Uh, you're not getting as quality of a paintball anymore. I remember, it was, I think it was probably three or four years ago, because uh, I always shot a, a, a was it, six six nine six. Whatever the stock the stock barrel size is, I remember uh-huh. shooting that for forever, and I think two, three, or four years ago, it like shrank. Like literally, I could throw a ball into the barrel and just it would fall it right. Flies through. right through. Yeah, yeah. you can see daylight on both sides. Exactly. <laughs> like, geez, it is getting smaller. So um, when when did you start playing? Ah, uh, man, I started playing in right around two thousand and two. Is when I when I started okay. finding the sport and kind of playing, and I jumped into like tournament style and everything right away. I played in the right woods away. maybe twice, yeah, and I was I was already hooked because we had a field out here in Ohio, an indoor field, um, huh. which uh, I got to give it to Eric Garbers. He he tried his best, but it was, you know, if you mix paint with dirt, it tends to turn into like this mud, and then mud tends to turn into concrete, and we just huh. had this this hard as hell concrete indoor that we used to play at. And, uh, man, I would just, I would be there after I would, I worked there and then I would play after I, uh, after I worked, uh, I don't know, four or five hours in the day or whatever after work. And then I just played there, played there, played there. And then eventually got on, uh, got on Tim and effect. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. And those were the what years was... that I was following you guys. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cause in 2000, that would have been right as we were kicked, like, Started the 2001 season, did pretty well. 2002 got better, and then that's when we started really doing a lot better. So I think we came in right at the right, at the right time to be <laughs> yeah. to follow well, us. What was intriguing to me was that how young you guys were. Because mm-hmm. paintball, um, traditionally, and I, I mean, I've only been in it for uh, for so long. You've obviously been in it longer than I have. But, I mean, traditionally, from what I've seen, it's always been like an older guy's game. Well, yeah, and that's, and that's what the big breaking point for us was was or like the way we were able to break out is because like you said you started in 2002 uh and you you've only really played a couple of games in the woods and you're like oh we'll just play this you know uh, speedball Mm -hmm. basically is what it was still kind of was it was airball hyperball mix of the two but when we started playing 
like 96, 97, kind of right there. And then 98 would have been my first World Cup, I think. But half of the World Cup was played in the woods. Actually, 80% of it was played in the woods. And there was one hyperball field and one airball field. Mm-hmm. Right? And this is back when the airball fields were like this. They weren't modular. It was like there was a big inflatable ring around it. And then there was tubes that go across the each yard marker line. And then yeah. wherever there was another hose that connect a bunker, they could they would uh, zip that thing together mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so that was like the like the advent that's like where it came to start moving out of the woods and that's where we were so we were younger kids and we're playing like in, in the woods back at our home field and then playing in uh, a mix of, of woods and like you know spool bunker spool fields spools and, and crates yeah uh, that's like in pallets you know that's where we grew up um so we were like right there on the forefront of that transition and so it was it's easier to be an older guy playing in the woods because it's not so fast like you only need a couple of really fast guys because mm-hmm. the fields were so spread out i mean obviously you know um kind of being able to play you can play any of those spots right so yeah. if you're playing in the woods it's like i could run all the way up there or i can just kind of jog over to here and then mm-hmm. uh now it's a lot harder to do something like that so oh, yeah. as as we as the fields were always changing in size and everything like that we were just able to adapt a lot easier and i think I remember we were like one of the first people to kind of run and shoot. Like that was, yeah. that was kind of a thing, but it wasn't, you know, when you're running and shooting in the woods, it's like, I'm just hoping a ball makes it through all these branches and maybe gets near this guy or scares him a little bit. But now it's like, uh, you, it's, you, it's, you have to do it. It's a must. Yeah. yeah. And I think the same thing goes for, um, I believe you guys were the first to properly shoot left-handed. Yeah, probably. Uh, you know, you know, I, I, that's a skill that I, I know that we picked up from like the Ironman guys, uh, because you know when I grew up, it was like Billy Wing and Eric Roberts were always. Uh, they were from Northern California also, mm-hmm. and so they were the ones who got on the Ironman first from up there, and uh, I, that was something that they all kind of did. Um, yeah. But again, like it was super easy to come out the old Kentucky left hand if you're <laughs> behind a stick pile. Like you don't need to come out. Like you don't need to like really snap shoot too. Uh, too much if you're behind right. sticks you know you can kind of wiggle your barrel through a hole and shoot whatever hand you wanted so yeah it wasn't that important but as you as soon as it started kind of like moving into the once you're in a spool or like a, a box crate you got to now kind of learn to switch hands a little bit more but that was like the transition and then all of a sudden now we're in hyperball fields and you have to like get your barrel on that little tube crease so you mm-hmm. have to start shooting left hand you can't yeah. really do this as much unless you're bob long with a warp feed <laughs> Dude, I remember seeing a picture of those. It, it was first when YouTube first came out, or was still in its infancy, yeah. and I, I saw a, a warp feed with a Halo YouTube whole thing. Because at first I thought the warp feed was just the warp feed. I didn't know you actually had to put a loader on the warp feed. Right, for the belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for it to even operate. And I was watching it, and I was like, Jesus, like, yeah, you, you I mean, your head's sticking out, and there's no loader, but you have this, this whole thing that's just... <laughs> Yeah, like octopus just sitting on your gun. That's so funny because uh, uh, I think when it was first coming out, right, I was in Chicago one year, and I, uh, Marcus Nielsen was still playing it, and they they tried it. They wanted him to like endorse it or something, or they wanted him to use it, and he was obviously <laughs> playing up front. I remember watching him run, and he like went and dove, and the thing just <laughs> just exploded into like a bunch of pieces, and like now he's left with this this thing just spinning around, and it was really funny. Yeah, it, those. Um, not that I'm happy that those didn't catch on, but man, the, the, yeah, that I was kind of ridiculous. I, I don't know if you've. I mean, I I played against 
guys with him, I guess, namely Bob Long, like when he mm. had his intimidators that shot 29 balls a second or 35 yeah. balls a second, and he has his warp feet on it, and you can't shoot him, you know, especially when they had those cone airball fields or the airball field bunkers that are just this cone. Mm-hmm. He's just sitting Indian style behind this thing, you know, <laughs> with just all you see is the corner of a goggle and like a tip of a barrel, and just this snake is just shooting out of the, you know, and he's just going like this, and you can't shoot him, and yeah. it's impossible to battle against him. I wonder why, you know, this kind of takes me back too because, you know, we've always had the, uh, you know, we as in the paintball community, the tournament paintball community, we've always had this um, ever-changing next season, right? It's like it's like it's always this year is always an experimental year for what could possibly happen for next year or what could change for next year because of how much the, the industry and the sport itself is changing. Um, but I, I always wonder, like, why – limited paint didn't come earlier in the uh in the sport itself yeah that is a really good question um i think because the paint manufacturers didn't really want to not sell as much paint i mean, I mean yeah. at events and i understand why they did it but at events in europe they sell like almost 60 percent less paint mm-hmm. uh, but the the gamble is that they're hoping that people will now in the off season play more because if I'm playing limited paint, I can play two days rather than just one longer day or yeah. one shorter, you know? So they're hoping that it could stretch out, stretch out, but I'm not, I'm not sure that that's even happened. Um, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, even like paint, paint was even more expensive back then. And yeah. it was funny. I remember talking to the HK guys at, uh, one of the events last year and I thought, tournament paint at the events was unfortunate i mean so thankfully we don't really know what the cost of the paint is <laughs> at the event well yeah well when you're in your position like that it's not really necessary to... yeah and i was i was talking to somebody and the last i heard i mean which when i'm talking to some friends at world cup who were buying paint i thought it was like 65 bucks or you know something like that yeah. for hellfire i guess they don't make hellfire anymore and paint's 35 bucks at tournaments you know because I, I was talking to the hk guys i'm like isn't it like 50 bucks for a uh, for a case and they're like ah, we wish you know like virtues over there selling it for 25 dollars. we have to we could if we have to compete with them so we're selling it for like 30 bucks 25 30 dollars and they're like we're not really making any money on this it's just yeah you know, undercutters pizzas out there uh <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's just kind of undercutting themselves and that's uh but i guess i don't know i mean it's a really good question why they didn't do that before. So whose idea was it for the banana ball? Um, I think it might have just been Alex's dad. Uh, he's the one who, who had the paintball factory. And uh, it's just like, hey, we can put scent in it. I think it cost uh, – to, to put a scent in a, like a box of paint, it cost like maybe a dollar more per case, like max maybe. And, and I think that – what was it? Pro ball, maybe someone else had an apple scented paintball a long time ago, mm-hmm. um, and I was trying to get uh, I was trying to get Empire when they were, when they were sponsoring us. I'm like, hey, let's make a Dynasty paintball. It like, just seems like a great idea, mm-hmm. especially knowing that the cost, or from my understanding, the cost was only like a dollar or less for a case of paint, and you could usually mark that up at least five bucks, ten yeah. bucks. People would pay up. I I would pay a premium mm-hmm. you know if, if i was out there and i'm like okay it's 35 dollars for this one or 45 and it makes it smells like something yeah that's kind of fun um and uh i think billy schrancy from you know empire was like yeah but if we put the scent in there kind of like there's a trace scent in the next batch of paint we make and so it kind of has like still a residual scent i'm like all right 
So keep, keep making like, well, it. We have to wash it out, and I go, and he goes, he's like, oh, well, we have to wash it out. It takes longer to wash out. I'm like, well, I just have the residual scent, and someone gets like a bonus. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It seems like a great marketing tool, <laughs> uh, but what do I know? I'm not that deep into the industry, so I don't know those answers. Yeah. But I thought I thought that because that was uh, 06, yeah, oh, it was like, oh, 05, oh, 06, something I, like that. I yeah, dude, I thought it was cool as shit. It, it, it seems so-, so simple, but it's just like I, I thought it was a great idea. I mean, we always knew when you guys were playing, and mm-hmm. it was so it was such a strong smell. That that was some of the best paint that was ever made. And you know what's funny is we were playing the Naughty Dogs. I think Rocky Newth grabbed a bag of it and he thought that there was like a, he wanted to have it test tested by scientists to see what exactly is in there because he thought he had this theory because uh we were pretty darn good back then mm-hmm. uh, he had this theory that that we had this <laughs> this uh chemical in it that made people drowsy when they smelled it like we were, like we were shooting that chloroform it. you know or whatever you know we're shooting that at people we're like, god forbid yeah, you break one in your loader and yeah. i mean that's pretty yeah or your barrel like oh cleaning it off because i mean there's paint all over everybody you know yeah. it's like uh well I'd, hey, i'm out this one coach because i'm pass, passing out because oh uh, backfire just falling <laughs> out of the think? corner yeah that's so funny um mm. yeah i mean the uh Going back to the beginning, like I mean, and and uh, being in my position when I was on Tim, in effect, I still have, I don't know where it is, but I still have your guys's uh, triple crown poster uh, from back then, where yeah. and it and it has uh, two all, Carl all of our pictures, yeah, all of your pictures all around it, and then uh, everybody signed it. It was and it, it was it's so funny. That's my that's my one big poster that I still have that I got signed. I don't even remember where I got it signed because I was so giddy about it. Dude, that's so funny you said that. I'm going to show you a picture real quick. But uh, so I had that poster on my wall. Like, I, I my friend, when I first kind of moved out of, or like, not first down to San Diego, when we got that thing, uh, my buddy, who was our pit manager, had framed that for us. Mm-hmm. And, and we had it on our wall in like one of my first apartments when I moved down to uh, the San Diego, like, beach area. And um, one of my moves, uh, this is a funny story too, but my roommate, we we're trying to like get rid of some stuff. And, uh, he had like a bunch of crap out. We had a bunch of crap out in the driveway, and he put on Craigslist our address and said free stuff in the driveway, <laughs> and then like left and came home to people rummaging. Like someone was like trying to pull our wheel our refrigerator out of our house. <laughs> so anyway, this poster got stolen, and my my friend Red just texted me two days ago and goes, "Look what I found at the uh, Goodwill in Claremont Mesa." Yeah, that's the exact same poster. This is the poster. That I have. Yeah. yeah, he fa- he found this. Which is the one that I had in the house. This is this is the actual poster because it's the same frame, uh, and he found it at a Goodwill in somewhere in San Diego. It was just randomly at a Goodwill. Wow! How crazy! That's just that, that text message came to me yesterday or the day before. How funny is that? <laughs> so nuts! <laughs> How much did he pay for it? I didn't ask him. I was like, "You have to get that." <laughs> like, I'll get it. Probably nothing. I mean, sure, sure Goodwill's like, uh, "Yeah, I don't know what this is." Well, the frame I mean, is at least worth four dollars. So we'll yeah, exactly, <laughs> we'll give you five bucks. Um, I mean, it really isn't worth too much, but it's still pretty cool. Value. Nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. So when did uh, at, at what point did you kind of sit back? I mean, it could have been you know right when you guys started or when you guys started winning tournaments, but but when did it kind of start kicking in for you? As far as man, this is this could really go somewhere, or or we're actually, you know, doing something that uh, that nobody's ever done before. Um, well, I think it was like kind of two two different points, I guess. 
the first point was Spider Cup in 2000. Um, That's the uh, the Mustang win, right? That was when we won Mustangs. You know, that was still like we're still amateurs technically. Well, we were 100%. And uh, we went out there and we won cars. That was the turning point for my mom, at least. Yeah. It was like, oh wow, this is. Uh, and we were still in high school, uh, or that was like the summer of high, like just graduated. Oh, right. Wow. Yeah, in 2000. Um, and so that was a pretty big turning point because that was kind of like, oh wow, this is bigger than we kind of thought or bigger than, I mean, we obviously still wanted to play paintball and play it competitively, but like it was, that was an honest to good, goodness, like big time prize. Oh yeah. Uh, and then this, the following season we started dynasty and I was still in college. Yosh was in college. This is our first year. And, uh, we won the world cup that year. And back then there wasn't a lot of money in it with, as far as prizes and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was still kind of like, it was still a hobby on the side. And then 2002, it started getting bigger and bigger, and we started winning more and more, and we had the sponsorship to be able to start going to Europe. And uh, now we're traveling internationally playing this game. And, and then that's when, I think it was maybe 2003 or four is when bigger sponsorship dollars started coming in. The mm-hmm. industry was picking up. It was on a huge uptick. And uh, I remember going into my uh, advisor in at school, my 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 personal whatever counselor, um, fine, but not, yeah, whatever the advisors are called these days. Counselors? Are they called the counselors? I think so. Uh, I never went to college, so. Yeah. But it'd be the same thing I don't for, fucking know. <laughs> for high school. Anyway, yeah. so I was there, and, and I was like, hey, I'm looking for some insight here. Uh, this is what I'm doing. This is how much, this is the business that we own. This is the how much money we're making as far as just running a business. Cause that, so you were considering the team of business at this point? Well, it was, yeah, because we, yeah. we had merchandising, we had, and, and everything has always been a, um, a licensing. That we've licensed our name out to, you know, we licensed it to HK. Um, back then, we licensed it to Activision, to Intel. We had Rockstar, uh, oh, yeah, Smart Parts. Rockstar, yeah. So, you know, on every, whenever, in any other kind of sport, same thing. Whenever there's a product that has Dynasty on it, Dynasty gets a royalty. And that's how, it's, how sports are. So we yeah. were running a, a pretty much back then like a million dollar business uh sports business oh yeah uh, and i'm in a international business in college and talking to the, my counselor and saying hey look this is what we're doing this is how we're going on uh, my spanish class because i was an advanced like spanish 50 something i'm like hey they're only really allowing me to miss one class before it's like full grade off and i gotta mm-hmm. i'm leaving the country a week out of every other month and i'm doing this here and they're like yeah you should keep doing that and i was like what <laughs> Uh, I, I was looking for a different answer for me. You guys work for the school, right? I'm like, yeah, you know, you can always come back to school. And right now, because if you, I guess, Chris school, high college credit's going to just stay there with you. Yeah. Um, like, you can always come back. Like, there's not very many people that have an opportunity to do what we're doing and still doing straight out of college. Um, and, and this is also a really big takeaway is we had this opportunity in place before I chose to take an extended leave of absence, which is now going on a decade, but, uh, <laughs> but, you, but know, you still have your credits. Still, yeah. I still got my credits. Those things are still in the bank, <laughs> but, uh, but that's, a, that's an important takeaway. Cause I always, I talk to parents and I talk to you know, young, young kids all the time. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I talk to aspiring paintball players and it's definitely a goal and a dream. And it's, it's a definitely an amazing opportunity to be able to play pro. But as you know, and I know it's not easy to do. And there's not very many people out of the entire pro league. There's a small percentage of those players who are only playing paintball. Yeah. And it's a huge grind, you know. <clears throat> Look at, you know, I live with Kyle Spica. He, he works at Nordstrom. Um, 
Uh, Blake Yarbrough does construction side. Uh, Tyler Harmon has a full-time job back at home. Uh, most pro players, Archie, who's one of the you know, best baseball players, also uh, has a full-time job working for a family business. So, like, if you're not comfortable with flying around, I mean, my, myself, Marcelo and I do it full-time, and I'm gone 200,000 miles flying 200,000 miles a year. I'm gone several months out of the year away from home mm-hmm. and I'm really grinding. And, and a lot of it has been built off of dynasty success, obviously. But I always tell people, this is, uh, sorry for kind of veering off here, oh, no, right. but I always tell people who are, you know, aspiring, want to come out like, Hey, I got it. And, you know, I, I played a couple D two tournaments and I'm going to move out to San Diego and I'm going to become a pro paintball. I was like, absolutely. That's a great idea. However, uh, I just want to let you know, it's an incredibly difficult feet to to accomplish and you know so one kid actually i think even just said you know i'm thinking about dropping out of school and doing this i said absolutely not like do not drop out of school until you already have like a a backup plan you have to have some in the back burner before you can't you have to have a plan like a sturdy base before you can just dive headfirst into something you know if you don't know how to swim don't dive into the deep end of the pool i guess you can say um so that's something that that the counselor was like yeah you should just you know screw school you're, it seems like you're pretty successful as is. I'm like, oh, great, all right. So, <laughs> well, fortunately, it's worked out yeah. really well. And, and, um, I've learned a, quite a bit about uh, a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah. over the years. Well, I, I think it's the uh, you know the true professional athlete, or at least in paintball-wise, the true professionals are the ones that are traveling and doing clinics. I mean that that is the way I'm I'm assuming this, but that is the way that you guys are making the majority of your income, is is through uh, clinics and traveling and 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 selling. <coughs> not I mean it sounds bad, but selling your selling yourself, selling you right. selling your uh, your your abilities, your likeness, pretty much. Yeah, abilities, yeah, and likeness. likeness. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it, there's on pretty much every pro level. There's there's pro camps. There's pro this and that. And there's endorsements. And there's you know you can buy the you buy a Tom Brady jersey, a nickel off of every jersey or a dollar off of every jersey goes to Tom Brady and a dollar goes to this fund and a dollar goes to the, the Patriots. But um, it's it's the same kind of thing. And, and as I mean, another thing you know is like it kind of sucks. We're not getting a paycheck. Our paycheck is a, a gun or a, two jerseys or, you know, if that's through sponsorship. That's how most sponsorship deals are mm-hmm. um, for most of the pros. Let's say the majority of the pros who are getting paid are getting paid. If you're not on heat or impact – where there's a, a large stake guarantor that's yeah. got a bunch of cash to throw around, uh, then you're getting paid in product. Um, as you know, I mean, I know you get you have your guns. Yeah. Like you have the, your signature series guns, which mm-hmm. always look pretty sweet, by the way. Oh, thank you. Uh, you're <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, you know, it's like you're going to get a couple guns, and that's what you get for the season. You have to get- learn how to sling, yeah, sling yep. gear pretty much. Mm-hmm. I mean, all, every every guy that plays in the Ironman, I know they get they get guns. Like that's that's just how most teams are. Is you get a gun budget and you budget that out to the players, and the players can do what they would like with them. Um, most of the time, it's got to sell them. <laughs> <laughs> well, and 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 a lot of the teams too are lucky to even have that. I mean, there's yeah. there's a lot of te- there's the teams that were if you're on uh, if you're on a pro team, you might only get that gun for that year. And then you can sell it at the end of the year and maybe have some soft goods. I mean, because that's, that's where with the industry, at least with the pro league, I feel it, there, there's not necessarily an imbalance. But the support throughout the teams is, is so, like, just roller coastered. I mean, some just have full support. Obviously, they have a name behind them. But uh, 
with this with other sport it's like there's no there's no equal facilities for each i mean you got you might right. have um well take a dmg for example they're constantly practicing impact at that field uh dave's field i think all the I think time it's actually called dmg yeah <laughs> yeah um so it's like they're constantly playing all the time against an, a pro team when how many other of these uh, semi-pro teams have the chance to be able to do that, mm-hmm. to play against all these these other uh, these other teams, let alone a pro team? Right. And I, I'm just wondering when, and I don't know if it'll ever happen, but when it'll kind of level out where, let's say, Rennick for Chicago Aftershock, for the mid, a big Midwest team like that, has an, a, a full-size indoor facility where we can practice at year-round, mm-hmm. you know, and, and be able to get those reps in and, and be able to support you know, fuck, be able to, to pay his guys a small salary amount. But I yeah, just, I don't, I don't nice. know where it is. Oh my God, it, it would totally be. And I think, <laughs> well, and I think it's just how you've come across, not you've come across, you worked your ass off for it, but uh, all of your social media now. I mean, that's all starting to pay off. Um, mm-hmm. I, obviously, this is all, I'm just assuming because I, I, I don't know, but, um, but I'm sure people are approaching you about product and about this and about that. And I'm just I'm wondering why what the big reason why like a GoPro, Red Bull, and all these other companies have really kind of shied away from this extreme, <clears throat> extreme sport. Well, I can tell you exactly why those two specifically don't aren't into it. <clears throat> the owner of Red Bull and the owner and the legal team from GoPro hate. They don't want to have anything to do with go, with guns. Uh, Red Bull, we've approached when we had a sports agent. We've approached them several times before. We actually have a friend that works there um, now as well and marketing and the they've always been anti-gun however the the gopro um <clears throat> mindset is slowly changing because they are big into esports uh and esports there's a lot of first person shooters yeah. so i think that their tone is kind of changing however guns are a very touchy subject uh gopro is the exact same way um, i believe that they were involved with paintball or they knew exactly what paintball is and they were they were very uh into like kind of doing a product deal with a couple different uh, teams, but then the legal department said, nope, no way. We're not going to get involved in, in, in a gun sport. And as a matter of fact, if you look at one of their most, not most recent, but an ad they had come out, I think it was for the GoPro sessions. Um, and it was, it was quite, it was like a, the, the product was sitting, sitting on, like, on the white ground screen and it was like dirt with this water would splash on it and dirt. And then you saw paintballs hitting it. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see that commercial? Yeah. 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 So, I was I mean, like, that's, that's paint. That's paintball. Yeah. Those are paintballs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that guy's, that's not house paint. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we're on their radar, you know, and, and, uh, these, you know, we were sponsored by rockstar. We had a rockstar deal for like four or five years. Uh, and it was great. It was, rockstar was stoked. With us. Maybe three years. I don't know. It was, it was awesome. Oh, it was, it, oh, was, hell it yeah. was fantastic. You know, um, and it was, a, it was a pretty lucrative deal. Uh, that fell apart and, and Intel too, right? Yeah, Intel was Intel was a really really solid deal. Um, we lost Intel because the guy who sponsored us got a promotion, which usually means like we're, we're sitting pretty. But he got promoted to a separate division. Yeah, uh, and then the new guy was like, "Yeah, we got this budget. I'm gonna put it on something else. I don't know you guys, you know." Jeez. Oh, um, and then we lost the Rockstar deal because um, this guy. This was I can't. This just blows my mind but basically the guy who originally started the deal same thing he got kind of too busy and he was so he handed it off to this other guy who was actually the owner's electrician who happened to play paintball 
So this guy weaseled his way into it and was like, oh, paintball? You guys need someone to manage the paintball division? I got you. And it was like, okay, I'm giving Dynasty um, – give, we're giving Dynasty – I have a budget of hundred grand. Yeah. Why would I give Dynasty 80% of that or 50% of that when I can give my team 50% of that and then like sponsor a bunch of little crappier teams? Really? Yeah, that, that went – I mean because was, it was like some guy who had like a D – I don't even think it was a D4, like some crappy team. Yeah, that worked like, out. Oh, yeah, I, I'm going to manage it. I'm gonna, just going to give my team and like a bunch of my friends' teams cash, and then that was gone quick. Jeez. Oh, yeah, the guy was a, the guy was a clown. Um, but, but that was a sweet deal. And uh, also the, the dissolution of um, magazines, print mm-hmm. media also kind of – because that was the most trackable. I could, I could pull out a magazine and be like, hey, this magazine is circulated 20,000 or 50,000 times, PGI, and – We've, we're on the front cover. Yeah. They're like, oh, you know, they're so excited. Yeah. Those guys are always pumped on stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm wondering now if, if it's going to be more uh, attractive to those uh, those outside companies now that we m- might possibly be going in the direction of live streaming, um, live streaming the, the events. I'm hoping at least that happens. But, yeah. Um, it's, it's so – and it's funny because we've been – this is how it's been this our night for the last – 15, 17 years is it's we're right on the bubble, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was always told like you know when we're trying to trying to get um, Gatorade involved and because our sports agent back in the day we had a sports agent and he he represented uh, an Olympic volleyball player one of the, actually the best female Olympic volleyball player in the history of Olympics, hmm. um, and she had dope deals like she had Gatorade she had um, Nike she had those big mainstream sponsors and yeah. we're like hey. You know, when you're talking to him about Carrie, you're like, he's like, ah, oh, yeah, don't worry, because he get paid, he gets paid on our deals, and he's like, don't worry, I've mentioned it to them all. They always say they know about paintball and they know about the the you know the the demographic, the market, the age range is perfect. It's like 15 to 15 to 30 year old males, mm-hmm. uh, great 35 year old males. It's a great demographic. Um, everybody's really passionate about it. The problem is they don't want to be the first person to to jump in because if it fails. They're out. They yeah. don't want to be the last person to jump in. So I've always heard that it just we're just waiting for one group, uh, one big company to jump in, you know. And it was great when Under Armour came in, uh, and you thought that, that maybe that's the bubble, but you know Nike started taking notice, and, and what it is is ends up being just one rep. Uh, one and it's repping teams. I mean, that, I think that's the thing too. Is it, it's it representing these individual teams, but if if we could somehow direct it towards the league. But not let, and not let the league take over. You know, say well, you guys can come in, but we're still in charge. Like maybe, maybe open those doors a little bit, and fuck, have an Under Armour logo or a Nike logo on some bunkers or the field or something like that, and then live stream. And I mean, that's that's the biggest thing I feel. That's my biggest argument right now. And I've kind of been going back and forth with Cena about it because I had a podcast, uh, uh, like a few weeks ago. Um, where I was talking from inside the net, uh, Brad, mm-hmm. right. and I was kind of going back and forth with him cause he has his opinion on ghost sports and, and the league and everything. And I wanted to hear it, but I think right now is the age, as you know, of social media, uh, live streaming, uh, pretty much being your own entrepreneur, your own entity of things, Bingo. You're like, on it. what we're doing right now. Right. So, <laughs> um, and, and, but, but I think that also gives us the chance to put paintball on this slingshot and be shot out into the public um, with 
with shit with just being this trending thing on YouTube. I mean, mm-hmm. if the, if we if we could make this tournament and make it digestible, and, and which I think we're slowly, not slowly, I think we're almost there, um, to where somebody can watch it and kind of understand it. A few more camera angles and a few more you know tweaks. But if we could just thrust this thing into a trending area on YouTube or on Amazon or some kind of streaming device, not have anybody pay for it because if you don't, if somebody approached me and say, hey, you should watch this. Uh, cup stacking it's, tournament it's really cool yeah. yeah ten dollars and you can watch it uh-huh. i'm gonna go no go fuck yourself i'm not gonna watch right. this uh, obviously if i knew somebody in the sport I, I might watch it but the thing is is that if we can at least have the curiosity be there for the click and, and the view i mean that's step one and as soon as we do that and we stop selling so much to the sport already i feel like that's going to be our step outside and our introduction uh to all these other companies to come in yeah, you know, I was I was thinking. Well, here, what what do you think about the split deck? I hate it. Hate it. I think there's and, no time I mean, for storytelling. Yeah, perfect. Exactly. Um, what do you think? You know what I was thinking? Uh, like also, and I, I agree with you for 100. You know, but the two minute break was maybe just a little too long I in between points. You know, like for football, what is it? 45 seconds before, yeah. between plays. Um, that's you got to find you got to find that sweet spot. But the only reason, the only way to kind of like get it going a little bit faster, maybe a minute and a half, the problem is they never test anything out. There's never like a testing phase exactly. between the between off season. The, but that whole off season, it's not it's like, like three months. And I, I t- yeah, and I told them, I told those guys, I'm like, hey, look, Tom, Bart, get get your impact guys, or just be like, hey, Iron Man and Dynasty. We we live in San Diego. It, yeah. it's rained. It's rained five times in the last 15 years that I've lived here. That I can remember. Yeah. Um, so it's always not the weather's always nice. Be like, hey, look, we're gonna s- supply the paint, uh, send some refs out, and we're gonna test out uh, over two days. We're gonna test out four different formats. Mm-hmm. See how it works. Uh, we'll make sure that if you don't have enough guys, we'll find some other people that can do it. And we'll explore. Like yeah. they need to test this stuff out, and you could probably do it over four days. It would cost a lot less than hosting a a, a team captains meeting in Las Vegas. Just mm-hmm. so people can go to Las Vegas, like they need to, they need to figure out and they need to come up with some ideas rather than, um, what was it, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, they're like, okay, here's the new rules or, like, yeah. here's the new bunker sets. I hope this works. Like, you could have chosen the new bunker sets and maybe the after World Cup, we could have tested them out mm-hmm. and realized, okay, this giant cube might be a little too big. Like at the Winter Classic, uh, yeah, you went, I don't, yeah, they, no, they had this there. cube. It was this. It was. It it wasn't actually the actual size of the bunker, but the thing was massive. It was a massive rectangle. Um, they've they've cut the size of that thing down quite a bit. Yeah. But you know, there's there's things that that you feel like, and I'm sure you could probably attest this. Just using some paintball product, you're like, did anybody test this stuff? Yeah. Before, like, who whose arm does this fit, or like, what what knee pad is this? What is it? I'm supposed to put these on my knees, or mm-hmm. uh, it, it just seems like some common sense stuff. Uh, and this has gone back to my JT days. I'm like, all right, so yeah, we should test this thing out. And they're like, oh no, that's the production one. I remember Oliver Lang designed some knee pads that JT made. Like, I mean, remember those things? A knee pad, this big yellow and gray knee pad that was like. Is that the ones big. he wore on his wrists? Yeah, <laughs> 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 pretty much. Those are another prototypes, and it's like, hey man, uh, did anybody actually test these things? And then they'll be like, oh yeah, well. We've already went into production for those things, so we'll change it on the next run. Like, why? Why do that? And it's the same same concept. Like, 
instead of just releasing it with just thinking about it in your head and looking at a field map on paper, why don't you just spend a skid of paint, get some guys out there and, and practice this thing and see the players' opinions. Yeah, it's called R&D. There I mean, it is. That's it, the word I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just that. It is that simple. I mean, it's not hard. I mean, you have areas of the country that are perfect for paintball weather and, 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 and for trying shit out. We have a weekend every five days. So, I mean, go out there and, and play and, and do this stuff. I mean, this has – we do have a short off season, but mm-hmm. – we can still in that off season, even mid season, start to develop something. I mean, have you? Uh, I don't know if you heard about uh, Ryan Brand's idea of this uh, kind of a two minute shot clock kind of idea, where uh, you have it's like in intervals of two of two minutes to be able to win a point or or uh, or, or lose a point. And I was throwing out the idea of maybe. Um, now instead of having to like hit a buzzer or something like that you either have to or there there could be a buzzer but it's whatever team has more guys at the at the end of that two minutes gets that point so it's like you don't always have to win the point by hitting the buzzer as long as you shoot more guys but then it's there's the whole incentive of like i'm just sitting back and no action yeah exactly okay we shot a guy off the break now we can sit now we can sit back but Mm -hmm. and you know as you know but then the other team would take more risks to try to yeah yeah, they're yeah, I, I, you might lose a little bit of dynamics, but that's like a cool concept that we don't. I don't know, but that's the that's the, this is how it goes down. They're like, all right, should we do that? Okay, I've thought about it. Yeah, let's just run it. We'll send out an email. Like that'll be the new rules for 2019. <laughs> Reply all. Everybody. I feel like we. I feel like we spitballed enough to to really like, you know, get it down. Let's just run those things into the new uh, NXL rulebook. Well, don't don't you think we should go out and try it? No, it sounded good. Uh we we just don't have the budget budget for that. We'll just run it for a full year, see how it works. <laughs> and change it again uh but i'm really hoping i mean I, I think we're going in that general direction um i i hope uh just for the fact that i know that i'm not going to be here forever um and I, I i would like to see more than anything you know see the kids and the teams the newer teams that are coming up to be able to kind of uh build off of what you guys have built and and what i feel in ways i've i've helped build especially now with this platform with with the podcast i feel like we're getting these opinions out a lot more and I think the right people are starting to hear them and I think this has been definitely something that's been very beneficial for for helping maybe direct a few things mm-hmm. yeah you uh so I didn't even know that these things were on YouTube also is that what it is on YouTube also yeah so the, I take the audio from all of this and I send it through uh, SoundCloud and iTunes and on all the other uh, podcast platforms and then I I have a program that actually records all the video and the audio and mm-hmm. I take that and I ship that over to YouTube. Okay, cool. And you, it's so uh, you get you're getting a lot more traction now lately, though, right? Um, actually, I have a lot more people listening than I do watching because I think the thing oh, is, for sure. yeah, because podcasts and, and now that I've been listening to them, you can do you can do whatever. Like it doesn't slow right. you down by listening to a podcast because that's you're simply doing that. You're listening to it on a drive mm-hmm. home or drive to work or this or that. Mm-hmm. But with YouTube, like you have to sit there. At least, if you're interested in it, to like sit down and watch it. Yeah, and also with YouTube, you have to have it pl- the video playing. You can't just like have the audio of the YouTube. Like you have to have your screen. You know, so if you're low mm-hmm. on batteries or something, you actually have to have the thing actually showing you the video. You can't just. It's another interesting thing, kind of annoying about YouTube, because some of the stuff I just want to listen to. Yeah. But you have to have it open. 
Well, I, I think they fixed that. I think YouTube. Oh, really? I think YouTube Red. I think if you sign up for YouTube Red, you can uh, play all of that through. So you get okay. There's a little way that you can do it. Mm-hmm. You just got to pay for mm-hmm. it. So speaking of, of, of before we get off the webcast, yeah. what do you think about what? I wonder what do you think if they gave the webcast away for free for a day? Because um, right now it's you have to pay per day, or per, you just have to sign up for a full month. What is it? I think it's all monthly based. It's all monthly based. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I, I always thought about the idea of if they gave it away for the day, just kind of as a as a tester, but mm-hmm. almost. And back to the social media stuff before we move on is like <clears throat> not require, but really push and and employ the 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 importance of all the pro players promoting that. Like, hey, we're going to mm-hmm. give the webcast away for free. And you know, coming up with a couple of graphics and just be like, hey, post this on your social media. Let's see if we can get a huge influx because that will determine whether or not the webcast can be sustainable for free. Because that's the yeah. biggest thing. I'm not going to tell anybody like, hey, you want to watch me? Oh, Johnny Perchak won't even cough up the ten bucks to go. <laughs> uh, I'm like Johnny, dude, it's ten bucks, bro. Like for like, just cancel it after you're done. Just pay for the for the weekend for ten dollars rather yeah. than hounding me for a free login, which you know I don't have. Uh, <laughs> For those of you guys who don't know, Johnny Perchak is an old teammate of ours, but you know, still adamantly wants to watch it. But again, you know, my friend won't even pay the, yeah. the ten bucks. But uh, I think that like back back when PayPal Access was was hosting it, it was like they did it for free for a while, and they tried mm-hmm. to have the the industry support it via sponsorship. And you know, they had the normal sponsors, which is Planet Eclipse, which supports pretty much every every paintball thing that they can yeah and then you know a couple of other like maybe virtues jumped in there hk jumped in there like some of the platinum sponsors threw some some dough at it but they didn't really find it at enough of a return on the investment um right but if you can get hey look it's free now everybody's kind of everybody's on their computers and their phones now um maybe if you got triple the numbers you could sell the ad space and cover the difference perhaps try that out for the next like that's yeah. the, that's the idea implement it out in the for one event you know take a loss for one day uh and then see if people sign up or figure or out even what those friday numbers. saturday friday saturday yeah, friday saturday yeah it's free mm-hmm. uh, and then you just pay for something because maybe that'll even boost the the overall subscriptions but just taking those the, that data and then going into dallas they can go okay look uh we had x amount multiplied you know more people like let's try to sell ads and just do the whole weekend the whole month for free and see if we can get at re- ad revenue to to you know factor it out but but who are they selling it to i mean that that's the thing right they're, we're, they're selling it to people who already know what paintball is i mean they're selling the, the ad revenue or? well no the, no no, no I'm, I'm sorry no not selling ad ad revenue i'm selling subscriptions mm-hmm. like like individual subscriptions they're just selling that to people who already know the people who are buying those are people who already play paintball right and it's always well grow the sport grow the sport yeah well i i think that we can't grow from within right if, if we already know what the hell's going on i mean we have right. to we have to open those floodgates to be able to take that risk and 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 i mean that's how people are going to get interested in it that's the curiosity mm-hmm. factor that i'm that i've been trying to talk about and and try and get them say hey just a couple days a friday saturday Throw it up on YouTube. I swear to God, it'll start trending. I, I you know, if we if we have these, <clears throat> excuse me, if we have these uh, these ad spots that we could sell or they could sell, I'm, I have no affiliation with them. 
but um, <laughs> but uh, that they could sell. I mean, that's going to bring in so much more money. And now, since they have four more teams on the uh, on the the pro side of it, maybe up the uh, first place prize a little bit instead of upping the uh, the entry fee, and then. You know, maybe that could be a little bit more lucrative for the team who does win. But as you know, you know how much money do you have to spend to actually send a pro team to a uh, to a tournament? And then if you do win, which is the one of the I, I would say the hardest thing in paintball is to win a pro event. Um, mm-hmm. Even if you win the pro event, you're if you don't give the money out to the guys that played for you that won the event, you're still only maybe breaking even. I mean, and, and I'm not saying I'm yeah, not trying to I look mean, at this from uh, yeah, a spot I'd say, where it's I'd like, say it's about it's about ten between ten and fifteen thousand dollars to send a pro team to an event. <clears throat> yeah, and I'm not yeah. saying that that's I'm not trying to look at that and go, you know, uh, well, that's the only reason I'm playing paintball is just to win. Obviously, it's not fucking that because I haven't won a tournament in since 2006. I've come close, but um, uh, but I mean, I've I'm obviously love the sport, and uh, that's the reason I've stuck around for so long, but. I'm not in it for that. I'm trying to make it so that when kids have these dreams of playing pro, that it's not just them getting on a team and, okay, well, I'm so excited to be here that I don't care that I get half a gun and one knee pad. And, you know, it's, it's, I don't want that. I I want eventually these guys and these kids who are putting all the, exactly all the time and effort and money. Cause you are obviously in a very unique situation and the whole dynasty I mean, you guys were a part of this movement and paint. You changed the mm-hmm. the sport itself, so it's it's a very unique perspective that you guys have. Um, but look at all the time and effort and blood and sweat and tears that you had to put into that, and everything fell into place, and all your hard work, your guys' hard work, fell into place. But I mean, all these other pro teams are obviously not in that same position. So just because you turn pro does not mean you made it in this sport. Right. Yeah, and that's kind of what we touched on earlier. It's like, yeah. hey, man, just like, I, I, I love the, you know, you have to be relentless, in it, right? Mm-hmm. You, you have to have a drive, and 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 I'm, I love confidence. You know, it's important. However, there also has to be a realistic goal, and you have there has to be realism in there. You know, you can't just be like, okay, I'm a, because we get a, we get these messages. Rusty gets them a lot. A lot of times, I'll defer them straight over to Rusty, but it's <laughs> like, hey, you know, I played my first three man just recently, and uh. We did pretty well, and I'm obviously the best player on that squad, on obviously. my three-man squad. Um, so I'm looking to get a tryout for Dynasty, and I kind of want to move out there, and you know, I'm going to go pro. And while the confidence is is, is huge, a huge factor in, in moving forward in, in any kind of career, but you know, there's got to be a realism, and you have to you have to understand where you are in the bigger picture. And mm-hmm. that's why I always I always tell people whenever they're like, "Hey, this is where I'm in." This, this is, because I get tons of tons of messages and emails, and I always say, "Hey, look, get to a regional event, play the regional event, okay? Get on a team and try to make it to the closest NXL event. If, you know, even if you can't play, mm-hmm. go there and go to the division that you feel like you know you could you could compete at. Watch some games if you're not if you're not able to play at the play at the event. Watch yeah. some games and just be like, I can do that. And this is also good for for people who are like, where am I? How how good am I? Yeah. on the national level. Oh, I'm not going to go to the event because I don't have a team to play in. You want to go there, have your baseline, know know who you are, and if you're the best player at your field, you need to start branching out. You, I love shooting for the stars, and you have to have massive goals. However, 
you got to be realistic in those. You can't just be like, I'm really yourself. good. I'm the best. I'm the best in best of my field. I'm gonna, you know. Now, granted, yes, someday you can play for Dynasty, and and I've, let's see, think three or four people that we've taught in Dynasty clinics and, and that have come to our clinics have played on our team before. You know, really? afterwards, yeah. Um, well, two of the Impact players. Uh, well, one, well, Joshua met, um, but uh, Zane and Zach and Bart went to a Dynasty clinic up in Canada. Um, Zach Wake, him and his dad came out to a Dynasty clinic in California. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I, I always wanted to play for you guys. I, I mean, you're right there. I mean, if, if you weren't so far away, again, we're talking about budgets. We don't have the budget that we, <laughs> yeah. we don't have that Intel, Intel and Rockstar money anymore. Yeah. Uh, so we don't really fly many people. Well, no, I'm not interested but, now because you guys don't have that money anymore. So I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but there, there is a there is there can be a future in the sport, and that's the thing is, is you just gotta understand that it's not we're not uh, we're not equated to other professional sports mm-hmm. but you can make a you can have the time of your life and do experience incredible things but you got to be relentless in in your practice yeah uh, and, and you got to you got to be you got to be ready for losses and wins but it is tough um and you can do it but just set realistic goals is, is something yeah. that, that that i think is really important yeah well it's like you said before unless you play for impact heat uh you better come in playing pro and be good and then mm. make some friends, and then try and figure out how to open up a paintball yeah. field. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the other thing is you know like how how do you get on Dynasty? Is there open tryouts? I don't think we've ever had a tryout, but it's it's play for play really well or well enough to be noticed by um, by someone. Mm-hmm. You know, helps to, definitely helps to be local. Oh yeah, yeah <laughs> helps to, helps it uh, quite a bit to be to be local in the in the area. Yeah, and you don't have to be the perfect. That's that's the thing. You don't have to be the perfect player. Hell, when I when I first got picked up for excessive, um, the only thing that they really, at least that I think or that they told me, but the only thing that I got picked up for was my speed. I didn't have very good gun skills at all. I didn't have any field awareness. I mean, I was just quick, and that was mm-hmm. it. But then you have to, you know, not lie to yourself and think you're the shit. And uh, you have to be able to be molded into this other player, and that's what excessive and uh, and all these other teams help me do. Yeah, helps you do for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's perfect. You know, be confident, but don't be overconfident. Yeah, yeah. Just just know that. Just know that limit. Like, you know, know where you are and who you are. You know. Yeah. So but, I know that you guys uh, you guys shoot field one uh, markers now. Yes. And is that are all of those uh, pretty much Bobby's guns? Yeah, right now they are. Um, the the new the new one, the force that we're we're working on right now, which we're prototyping finally, mm-hmm. uh, is or we're prototyping a lot of the parts right now. Um, yeah. That's going to be from the ground up, all 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 new. But nice. yeah, the G six R and the Mark body uh, are are Bob's designs that he has already had. Is it going to be a a closed it'll, bolt or an? Uh, it'll be a small valve. All right. Uh, all right. We're still gonna. Well, hold on. We're still. <laughs> we're still. We have a design. Uh, basically, then as soon as this one is is finished, the the newest version of a uh, poppet valve will be on. You like those better? You shoot the. Yeah, man. I don't know why. I just. Well, I know why. But uh, I do. I feel like they just shoot so much better. I'm just. I'm, really? I'm sold on them. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I'll have to. Yeah, you'll have to. I have both. Yo, you do. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've shot the LV ones. 
and that oh, that's right. 5. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah I've, you... I've been sponsored by that. You know, and I had my own signature series one, and I do like how they shoot. It's just when I bring the gun up, and this is something that I've always. I'm, I'm going to probably end up making our guys make, but I, I felt that every time that you bring up an LV one, I'm all, when I probably snap shoot with somebody, I'm always shooting just under their elbows. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you can obviously fix. Like after a lot of practice, cause I have this conversation with Yosh, I'm like, this G six R just, I feel like I'm just missing guys. Um, and I know that they put the guns up side by side and on the exact same barrel level and put a, put a, you know, a level over the top of them and shot and the balls go to the exact same spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe it's just me. And I, I well, I would like to say it's just me, but pretty much everybody who shoots them is like they they shoot differently. Yeah, there's no ifs ands or buts about it, and maybe it's because it's double stacked or what it is. But every time that I come out and snap shoot with somebody, I'm like, <laughs> shot him, you know, like I'm shooting trying to shoot at somebody, and when I have time to like see the ball actually go, it's just always yeah. just under underneath them, and I just not as accurate. Uh, I love the way they feel. I love the way they shoot. So my invention was I said because of the way the angle of the tank if they angled the tank up like a, just a couple degrees just a little bit yeah it would force you to put your tank a little bit lower in your shoulder mm-hmm. forcing the barrel tip up a little bit and i think on an lv on those on those spool, the, the, the double the double stack guns yeah uh your shot is going to be just like one degree higher which you're going to be shooting more people <laughs> just put on, on a drop pat- board just uh just just so we know that that's uh that's patent pending i've got the uh <laughs> I've got the uh, the drawing know. is right. Uh, yeah, it's drawing, right now. drawing out. Drawing is right here. Uh, here we go. Yep, one degree up like that, and then we put the frame. So there we go. Put the trigger here. There we go. And again. So that's already been drawn out right there. Patent oh, pending. One degree angle up. Yeah, Hard ninety. Uh, no, it's not. It's one degree. But this <laughs> is where the tank would sit on right here, and the bottle's there. It's got to be imagined. You got to see it. Or you can just aim higher. You can aim higher, but uh, that's that's not uh, that's not that's not how it's supposed to work. It's supposed to have to aim higher. Well, you have the options. There's the drop forward. Well, no, you can't even do any drop forwards or anything on there now. Or you can be Uh, like those kids where they have they hold the tank literally on top of their shoulder, and they still points it down. A nice cobra. You need to you need to angle. It's an angle, not not. It's not bringing the barrel tip up on a on a level plane. You got to angle it up. So what is it? So how is it? Is the air hitting the ball different? Because the barrels are obviously the same, right? So is the the way the air hitting the ball? Is it rolling the ball differently than if if it is coming out through the back rather than so through the bolt? So my theory is because it's coming at such a sharp angle at a ninety degree angle, it's creating that venturi effect, which puts a top spin on the ball, creating it to to lob. However, I am not an engineer, nor am I a pneumatics uh, uh, specialist, so I don't know. And I understand that the same kind of concept happens with a, uh, a spool valve, or, or sorry, yeah, a spool valve, mm-hmm. is it comes up straight also, but I think it's already in a chamber. And it's just released from there? Just like, yeah, just pushes right out instead of wah, you know? A little more, a little less yeah. wah. Yeah, exactly. I knew it. You're, I knew you're, it. You're getting it. You're getting it. <laughs> uh, so what do, you think of, uh, what do you think of the Vegas field? Uh, I like it. I think it's I think it's aggressive, which I like. Um, it's kind of like how World Cup kind of suited us a little bit more because it was aggressive on both sides. I hated hated the first four field layouts last year mm-hmm. because the snake side, as you know, is like if you don't run there off the break, you're sitting in a thing like was Atlantic City. You just jump into that first tower and just bounce shot each other. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And then let's see, in Vegas, uh, same thing. It was like if you don't make it to that corner, 
you're not making it out because yeah, Yosher know, Marcelo would just sit there with 13 pods shooting one way. And then it, it just – everything was so slow because of that wall or because of whatever. Now, I mean, you know, I'm sure you're running straight to the snake and not even getting shot. I'm playing everywhere. Playing everywhere, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it, though, because it really – it reminds me of Seven Man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, and I loved Seven Man, so mm-hmm. I'm really digging it for yeah. sure. Um we didn't have the the best practice last weekend, uh, but this weekend we have Infamous coming out. So how so? How so? So how does Dynasty not have a good practice? Like, uh... well, because we practice on a military base, mm-hmm. uh, you're at the mercy of the guy who's checking you in that day. Uh, so they had an issue, and so you basically we have to go online. We have to register um, online and say, hey, we're coming in. And you just do it once, pretty much. It's not really a deterrent. But if you get a guy who's like, oh, this doesn't, I don't know, this doesn't add up or whatever. So basically, Arturo, who also signed in and has played there without any issue forever, Mm -hmm. uh, had his passport, his visa, um, his driver's license from Mexico. And this guy just didn't really understand, maybe. And he's like, well, where's your green card? And Arturo's like, I'm not a citizen. I have my visa from Mexico. And he's like, do you have a driver's license? And he's like, yeah, you're holding it. And he goes... Do you have a California driver's license? He goes, we're like, no, no, he's from Mexico. And we had to pull over. We sat there for an hour and a half Jeez. waiting. To like, we had to have Customs and Border Patrol come. And then they, they, everything was fine, obviously. Mm-hmm. But then they were like checking our car. They're like, oh, is this thing stolen? We're like, no, we need the VIN number. We need this, um, all the, the rental papers. Yeah. And uh, we got there, you know, so it was an hour and a half. And by the time we got, to the, the, got geared up, it was 1130 almost. 11 yeah and uh, and aftermath was like well we're kind of tired <laughs> them six points and they left and so Jeez. we still had a good good time running drills and stuff but right it's like to play six points on sunday that's it wasn't as productive points. as yeah it wasn't as productive as it could have been gotcha. so um we're getting out there earlier this weekend <laughs> <laughs> so uh kind of diverted a little oh. bit away from uh away from paintball and uh onto your how how has your social media changed like throughout the years i mean have have you been getting a lot more different uh industries and everything kind of approaching you now because of your popularity yeah not not a whole lot i mean a little bit um you know i had like a twitter and, and i you know, did the facebook thing and uh actually bear to Gidio, out of all people was the one who set my instagram up which is kind of funny <laughs> he, he was like you have to have this and this is several years ago and um it it's funny because I, I show like I love showing the lifestyle side of, of what I do, like the travel stuff. But there is I have a specific demographic, and they like a specific thing. Everybody, and which is I like I love too. You know, I love it. Um, unfortunately, it's easier for me to gather content that isn't. It's hard, as you know. Like I don't know, maybe it's not hard for you, but I can't. I can barely even buy a photo of myself mm-hmm. sometimes. You know, I've used the same. I use the same picture over and over again, especially yeah. in the off season, and it's like. Uh, after an event, I'm like, who is taking the pictures? Where are they? I, I hit them up all the time. I, they yeah, probably, like, I'm sorry to all the photographers out there because they're probably tired of me. But I'm always looking for – Yeah, I, I I can only take so many pictures of, like, something I have in the house. Like, yeah, oh, I'm to, your that's bag, not paintball-related. Uh, yeah. And, and I guess I'm not I'm not very – like, there's no picture. I don't think there's ever been one picture of me bunkering somebody. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, it's a, there's a picture of me behind a Dorito. That's pretty much all you're getting or a breakout <laughs> photo. That's like That's all you get. Yeah. Uh, and I wish I had more content. It's funny whenever, whenever Brad or someone posts a picture, I'll like 
immediately screen grab it and like yep. you know cut it out repost thank god it. i got some i have content finally you know like i have to wait for another photographer to post a picture of me in order for me to get a photo <laughs> and then you have to find it yeah or he or they tag you yeah yeah thank, hopefully they tag me you know so it's it's tough to get content um but i know what my followers want to see they want to see sweet action pictures and i wish that i yeah. could give that to them however in the meantime i'll post a picture of me free diving with a with this 12 ton uh, humpback whale. That was so cool, dude. I, I think it's the coolest thing in the world, and people will be like, eh. You're getting, you're getting, See, I love the, that the, shit. The, the difference in likes is, it, or, or interaction, rather, is mm-hmm. is a substantial difference. And that's the same thing as my YouTube channel. Like, I never even really realized it. And Grayson Goff kind of told me, he's like, dude, you have a huge YouTube following. Like, I think of 26,000 YouTube subscribers, and I get yeah. a lot of people. Um, again, content's hard for me to create because. I edit it, I shoot it, I you know, I don't have like it's not like Marky or somebody who just runs out there and says H a bunch of times and gets a bunch of footage and then gives yeah. it all to somebody else and they edit it and post it up for him. It's like I have to gather it, tell the story and, and do this and that. And yeah. uh, I love showing the travel side of things. Like I mm-hmm. love showing people what they and that's the whole point. Um, but I know that the de- the paintball demographic is like I'll I'll show a video of you know, the free diving or diving with a great white shark or, you know, walking with a gorilla or something, which is very cool. Uh, mm-hmm. And it gets 6,000 views. And then I'll post a gear bag video and that gets 50,000 views. Yeah. Um, and so, and I, and I, and I understand that and I, I get it. Uh, but it's just, it's just, I got to, you know, it's like the one for them, one for me or mm-hmm. two for them, one for kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's been becoming increasingly more difficult to gather content to keep it fresh. Yeah. I guess that's kind of what I'm getting at, you know, because mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to make the sponsors some guff all the time. They're like, oh, well, can you post something about us? You're posting about BKI all the time. I'm like, oh, God. Okay, yeah, yeah, of course. You know, I'll post a HK Army picture and then yeah. BKI, something will come up with BKI or like, you know, I got the, uh, I'm helping the, the PB swag bag guys and then I got, uh, you know, the Spivo stick, you know, things and the Under mm-hmm. Armour and so everybody wants to, to, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta help everybody. You gotta and make try and please everybody at the same, yeah. in one post. Please everybody. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and then there's other like projects and stuff like that, that that I'm passionate about that are that are tough. But yeah, social media is is not the easiest thing. Um, and and I actually I think that that's a really, but it's a really important tool for um, fields that they don't exploit as much. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, field owners are are a little older and maybe they're not, they don't really grasp that the the power of that media or the power of their youth that practices at the field yeah we last year the paintball extravagant yeah the extravaganza we taught a um not taught just had like a field pro talk mm-hmm. um about how to how the interaction between and the cultivated cultivation of players is just a really really down right now um oftentimes if you go to a paintball field they're trying to make the buck they're yeah. trying to make prop so it's not profitable to have a tournament field. And, and oftentimes, uh, I'm sure you've seen it, and, maybe, and I, I'm sure that I've been part of this, a cause of this, but like tournament players oftentimes want, want more and want to do less. Like I want paint for cheap, and uh, I'm going to leave my box here on the ground when I'm yeah. done because I'm paying you entrance fees so someone should clean this up for they me. They don't want responsibility a, for their uh, – yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, there's, a, there's a large sense of entitlement once you get into that tournament you know side because a granted you're playing more often like so a tournament one tournament player will play and you say you play 
20 both or 30 days, days on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Both days, sometimes on the weekend, if you're really, really passionate about it. Whereas the one, but they're paying, you know, entrance fee, a discounted entrance fee, discount on paint where one walk on player is, is worth three days of a tournament player. Yeah. Well, the tournament player is now like, Hey, I will, you know, get, what am I going to get? I'm keep coming here. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. I'm supporting you guys. But I think social media is a really overlooked tool where that can help the symbionts between a field owner who gets frustrated or oftentimes a field owner that has a tournament side they're just doing that for the passion yeah. aspect of it. You know, they're not doing it because this is what makes me the money. The money has been made on the, the recreation side to support the tournament habit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, shout out like big props. I'm, I'm stoked on, Anytime that I can go to a field and they have both running very smoothly, um, you know, uh, Anthony, or sorry, Mario over at um, um, Nitro Paintball, he's got a big tournament side, and that's pretty self-sufficient. And then he's got a, a successful walk-on side. Um, uh, Anthony at Boston Paintball, who I know has been a topic of conversation before, yeah. uh, is incredibly passionate about cultivating the next bit of talent because, like we've talked about several times, if there's no one there to look up to, um, and there's no pro spotlight then why are kids gonna want to keep playing you know it's cool to come to a a field and be like whoa those are the like there's a tournament side of it like those are the you know marcelo i think his story has been told several times like he probably wouldn't be playing professional if he didn't go to a field where there are professional players Mm -hmm. and and that that trickles down to pretty much everybody that plays there so when a tournament player is asking hey let me get half off my entry or let me get a 20, 10% or 20% off of my box of paint. Yeah. Uh, a field owner should be able to utilize that player more. Don't exploit them and it can't be overworked on either side, but there should be some sort of uh, relationship like, Hey, look, I know that a 15 year old kid that comes to my paintball field every weekend is valuable because he goes to school with a thousand kids. So every time that you come out and you want 20% off your box of paint or half off your paint or if I'm going to sell it to you for 45 bucks instead of 85, I need you to post a picture, tag the field, and put a location on there. Yeah. Um, Got to utilize the social media. And it, it would take one kid um, looking at it and going, oh, there's a paintball field or Johnny plays paintball. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be his friend. I'm going to ask him about the paintball You know, because that's, that's the most important thing is getting that youth in there involved and then cultivating the sport. Um, yeah. and I think that's just not, that's just overlooked right now. Um, so, I mean, obviously anytime I go to a paintball field, I'm taking a picture of every kid in this, you know, a group photo and, yep. and I'm like, this is where we are and like hash, hashtags and stuff like that. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of self-taught in all this, but mm-hmm. I know what kind of works and what doesn't work. Yeah. I know what, you know, if I, if I'm bunk, if please this year, I hope I bunker a couple of people and just camera guys get it on, <laughs> on, on camera, you know, because, uh, I know that there's going to be way more interaction than that in that photo and that's going to then pop up on some random person's uh feed or even I've, i get it all the time it's like i'll get messages from somebody's like dude you still play i used to play back in 2003 and then i went to college and i forgot about it it's, well, yeah. it's really cool to see dynasty still playing mm-hmm. um i'm gonna get back into it you know that that sort of stuff so yeah. it is important to have that social media because i think there is a statistic i don't know you'd have to uh, you'd have to ask your assistant to google it uh but <laughs> yep that happened <laughs> How much how much time people spend on their phones now? And it's like yeah, eighty percent of their information. Like people don't. I, sometimes sometimes I'll drive somewhere, I'm not driving and texting, but when I'm in the car with somebody else, and, yep. know, my girlfriend's driving, I'll be on my phone. I'm like, sweet, I got to get on here. <laughs> you know, like what's going on? Where yeah. are we at? What's happening? Um, but and it's valuable, man. Like 
you see these YouTube stars that are just garbage. Like I can't, I want to kill my, I, I know, I, I, can't, I, know. I, I just, Oh, what is these people have all these views and this and that, but man, it's powerful. Like, uh, I mean, I gotta give a shout out to, to Twitter. Um, I use that all the time. I get my news from there. I make suggestions on there and I complain on there. Never got hooked. Uh, I never was either, but I just randomly would do like a tweet of the day. But I mean, uh, I'm, I say stuff to American airlines all the time. Like, Hey, uh, flight staff was great on this one. Hey, seat in four, a doesn't recline. Something's broken. Um, this or like awesome. This gate agent did this great, you know, and they'll, they're quick to come back to me. I'm American airlines is my, my, uh, airline, uh, that I have all my status. Shout out to American airlines. Shout out to, I I posted on Twitter just recently and I was like, Hey, uh, does anybody have any recommendations on headphones? Because I needed a new pair of headphones, mm-hmm. and I tagged uh, uh, Bose and Sony and and Beats because those are the three that you know. And and Bose reached out to me and was like, "Hey, what's your address? We'll send you some headphones." And I was like, "All That's right, awesome. Bose it is." And now I'm stoked, you know. Like, hell yeah, uh, Lexus has done that. You know, there, there's there's so many because it's out there into the ether, and 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 people don't realize the you know. I don't think that that works for everybody, and I don't even have that many followers. But mm-hmm. it's important to voice. Uh, educated opinions, <laughs> please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and and do research beforehand. You know, I'll, uh-huh. I'll look. I'll get a lot of my news from Twitter. It's it's a pretty great news feed, uh, um, like a, a tool. And I'll look it up and be like, oh, this is pretty neat. I didn't you know follow Vice News or I'll follow like whatever whatever the news station is, and I'll get a lot of information from there. And I if I think yeah. it's something really neat, like I'll retweet it, uh-huh. and then. Someone else will see it, but that's how you disseminate information, and that's same with with uh, Instagram. You know, you you're looking at photos, and anytime that we're looking for a restaurant because we travel a lot, uh, if if we uh, I use my phone, I look it up, and sometimes I'll check out the Instagram and be like, oh, this food looks good. <laughs> check out the hashtags and see, you know, yeah. what's there. It, it's 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 imp- there's important tools in there, and and same thing goes for paintball fields. Yeah. Same thing goes for really anything so does the podcast have a have a site yet or what well yeah i'm getting there i'm slowly getting there but a lot of it's just through the uh the apps themselves that kind of uh you subscribe to that you just get the notifications from the podcast but you know speaking up i've had a lot of people approach me and have said yeah hey i've been on a paintball for a while but i've started to binge listen to your podcast and now i'm i'm starting to go out and play again yeah i was like that's that's awesome that's... And media media is an incredibly powerful tool. Uh-huh. Uh, I will, I, obviously, as everybody in the U.S. knows right now, uh, yeah. <laughs> that you know, media can definitely manipulate a lot of things, um, which is why I always like to say educated opinion. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't gone on. I won't. I refuse to go on PB Nation and those forums because yeah. it's just like people arguing and just saying nonsensical stuff under uh, um, fake, you know. Uh, Eagle Wing seven three two four sniper um, is going to say this about a you know an upcoming item or product or podcast, and it's an a completely uneducated opinion they're hiding behind uh, uh, a screen name. Yeah, I'm at Ryan Greenspan. (laughs) You you can find (laughs) me. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) um, But that's but but with any kind of media, you have to kind of you have to try to be educated as possible. Yeah. Yeah, but be no, I think it's, I think I think this is great, man. I, I it's definitely something we need, and, and like you said before, it's so easy to digest audio. Mm-hmm. You know, just listen to it. And like someone's in their car right now, yeah. listening to you and me talk. Well, I, that's the thing too is I would love to eventually get this to a point where we don't have to do this via Skype. Like we can sit down in a room together. We don't. I, I mean, because 
this this gets the conversation going. I, I like to be able to do this, to be able to, to see the person I'm having a conversation with and just have a good interaction. But I would love to do these right. in a studio, you know, face-to-face, that whole spiel. But it, everything has to start somewhere. But I think this is... This is what I want I, because I feel like the players that I have on, even yourself, I feel like you've opened up and 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 people can see that and you become so much more personable mm-hmm. to the uh, to the audience or to the listeners. Right, right, yeah, and uh, yeah, I think this is this is a great way to do it. Um, you should you should try doing some. Uh, I don't know. You probably thought about doing it in advance, but it's like so hectic out there; it's hard to get, especially with playing. Like, right, you know. they, they think I'm focusing on doing this, which I oh, am, yeah, but yeah, at the same time, yeah. I'm trying to do other things, but I'm not going to be playing forever. And, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure when I'm done, you know, when I hang it up, I'm hopefully still doing the podcast and I can just kind of have that be a, I come out for a day, you know, for Saturday or whatever. And I set up a booth on Saturday. I do, you know, three, four, five podcasts, whatever. Have you, are you going to do any of the webcast, uh, guest speaking at all? I don't know. I'd love to. I did one last year. I, I really, really liked it, but, um. It's not up to me. That's that's another platform, man. That and that's the biggest thing is, is uh, you know, I've, I haven't been I haven't been great about it this last season because I've had opportunities to go up there and I've just been kind of busy or didn't want to stay or it's mm-hmm. like oh I thought I was going to go up but I'm not going to wait another hour and a half to get up there but I should take more advantage of that because it's a great promotional tool. Um, obviously, I, I think that I have a, a, a decent amount of insight to be able to to you know carry a, a, a commentary throughout a game. Yeah, uh, but. It, it's it opens it'll open up your media and your style and you're promoting especially the podcast or whatever it may be in the future to the public that may have already know may already know about it or has heard about it because of whatever promotion but it's it's again we're talking about tools to be able to promote um bit your business uh the sport and whatever i guess agendas you may have and what you yeah. want to do and i think and you know that's again any media of or medium of of information exchange that you can take take advantage of, get out there. Yeah, because I would love to eventually be able to just do the podcast, and that's what I'm doing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that's my living. I would love to just do the podcast, but I, I have to work up towards it. But uh, I wanted to go back to when you were talking about how you don't have any pictures of you bunkering anybody, <laughs> and I think the reason why is because you catch everybody trying to come bunker you, <laughs> and I think that because that's. You first have, for some reason, throughout the years, you have been this, you know, uh, thing that I have not been able to. Dude, there was at the, at, I forget what tournament it was, but I swear to God, every time I had you in my crosshairs, I either got a ball that was squirrely or like somebody else, like, had, <laughs> or you shot me. Like, there was the one point where I jumped, I think I talked to Marcelo about this point where I jumped into the W and uh-huh. then I came over to your side, but then. When I dipped into your guy, your your guys's wing, you had already made the move out to like another can, and I I come inside to shoot where you were and like pop pop pop. I'm like, uh, motherfucker, fucking got me again. <laughs> it's it, but it's so fun like to be able to play against somebody like you who just has that that paintball that that field awareness. <laughs> that, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. Dude, <laughs> that's f- fucking. I guarantee you, ninety percent of paintball mm-hmm. is luck. I mean, there's the whole it, mental side and everything, but. Dude, it's so lucky. Yeah, I mean, a, a great a great deal of just running off the break. I mean, obviously, depending on how good the other shooter is, but man, to be able to spread, if you think about it, you know, the balls are coming 10, 10 a second, so it's every every you know sixth 
whatever millisecond, one sixth of a second, mm. a ball's coming through this gap, and you have to make it through there, like yeah. in that gap, and it has to happen at that exact time. You know, so a lot of it is skill. Um, you're incredibly fast, but someone not so fa- not as fast or even slower can still make it across those yeah. gaps with a matter of luck. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so that's yeah, it's a, it's a good takeaway. Yeah, but dude. I gotta get going because I have a oh. little one. Oh, by the way, do you do you plan on having any uh, little ones or anything? Yeah, uh, I, <laughs> not not in the immediate future, but yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to. That's that's something that I, I really um, I would love to do. Or I, I, you know, it's in the cards. It's in the cards. I just got to figure out. Uh, I don't know. I, I heard that you kind of have to slow down on traveling quite a bit. Yeah, if, uh, <laughs> a lot of it. Kinda, a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. that's. Um, but it's it's something that you uh, believe me, and I'm sure you can ask Todd or you can ask you know anybody uh, well, that's can't ask recently because yeah, that just happened and and he's got twins, so he might just he might not be too stoked on the whole. Dude, no, I'm but, telling I mean, like, you, Alex Brady's got a kid. Yeah, Perkins got kids. Um, um, Brian Cole, uh, my buddy Nate. Like we got we got we, there's there's kids out there. There's, yeah, there's, uh, it, it's something else, dude. When you when you look at something that you made and it's fleshy and it talks <laughs> and it walks, yeah, it's it's it starts to kind of take over and you kind of start rethinking everything. And it's, it's definitely different. It's not for everybody, obviously, but, um, it's, it's a whole nother world, man. Yeah, no. And I, and I got, I got a mother too. She's, uh, she's, um, I don't want to say chomping at the bit. I was going to say, she's probably bugging you. (laughs) She's ready for it. Yeah. Well, dude, thank you so much for, is there anything, um, you know, anything you want to, you want to end with or uh, kind of give a shout Um, out to? Yeah, I mean, I, just, I guess we can we obviously thank the sponsors. We were just talking about that. Um, uh, you know, HK Army, it's on there. They they're uh, they're doing big things. I'm obviously always supporting them, uh, supporting us. Uh, it's pretty big. I'm I'm stoked to play another full season uh, here in the U.S. With Dynasty out there in Europe with Expendables. I'll be down in Australia also. I'm just trying to. Uh, we touched on it, you know, but just trying to get out there as much as I possibly can. Uh, play as much paintball as possible teach as many clinics as I possibly can because um, when we're teaching clinics it's not just teaching you guys a skill set or the players a skill set it's it's teaching people how to gain more confidence um, mm-hmm. and that translates like because <clears throat> we'll have all different types of skills skill sets out there um, and you'll have the guys that just kind of play paintball because they're not really that great at any at other sports like I wasn't yeah. very good at any other sports um, but paintball doesn't discriminate anybody can play it and uh, we I've had I've had kids out there that were just kind of like yeah just a huge fan and not very good and not very confident and once they get a little bit better they have a lot more confidence and and next thing you know they're going to be playing more paintball more paint, yeah. you know cuz they're shooting more people next weekend and I think that that's something that's often overlooked you know I just got an email today because I posted up uh, something on my, I just posted up two new clinics on my website, and someone's like, "Hey, I haven't ever played tournament before. Can I come? Can I play in these clinics?" And I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely. It's actually a great stepping stone because we've had people who have never played. I think just in the last six months, I forgot where I was. Someone's like, "I've actually never played on a scenario field before. I've only, or sorry, on a, a tournament field before. I've only ever played scenario paintball." Oh wow. Uh, yeah, and so it's a great stepping stone, and and again, it's another way to show your talents um because uh, you meet people like i was just in again uh, in boston we were out there in the florida combine and then this event in, <clears throat> in georgia there are guys that you know come from all over the place yeah um, and meet new players and so clinics are an awesome way to to kind of get in there and you're never too you're never too 
above a clinic. I mean, yeah, because no, there's I'm sure there's plenty of local players out there. They're like, I don't need to go to a clinic. It's 100%. more than just learning how to snap shoot and keep your elbow in. There's there's so much more knowledge to be attained, and I, I think if you think you're at all good, go to a clinic and build on that. If that's the yeah. case, yeah, and and I mean that's a perfect example. I mean, and and the majority of the drills that we do at the clinics we're doing it practice like t- on tomorrow we have practice tomorrow we're gonna start just kind of running some drills but like yeah. we're gonna be doing these snapshooting drills like these breakout drills that i'm teaching uh we teach them on bki too it's just obviously you get a lot more hands-on in a clinic like i'm i'm we're there mm-hmm. uh but uh, it's we're doing i'm doing these drills tomorrow like marcel yeah. and i went out there yesterday and we we did run we ran drills and it was the same stuff that we teach in our clinics and yeah. it's stuff that we use as pros i mean you can never be too good at snapshooting like, yep. I, I wish I was. I wish I didn't need to practice snap shooting anymore because I'd be unstoppable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, uh, promoting clinics, teaching as many as I can, um, doing the BKI thing. That's 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 gaining a lot more traction. We're getting a lot more content up, a lot more regularly, which is important. Cool. Um, I think Marcelo and Nick just released a uh, Las Vegas field layout. Um, we got this summer camp. I don't know if Marcelo mentioned that, but uh, it's gonna be pretty. So. July twenty fifth to the 29th out in um out, outside of boston it's a four-day all-inclusive four-day four-night all-inclusive uh summer camp like you um we're oh, be, cool we're gonna be living with everybody uh at the at the venue and yeah, he did mention be, that yeah now i'm thinking about it now, so yeah. it's something i've wanted to do for so long is just <laughs> because you know you've taught clinics it's like sometimes they're pretty rushed mm-hmm. so you got 30 guys or you got 20 guys and you're like okay well, we got to move on because i want to make sure you get as much knowledge as possible um and a lot of the stuff that we teach at the clinics is just a tool for you to use later. Yep. I don't expect you to be perfect at it at the clinic, but at this four-day thing, we got all the time in the world. Well, yeah, four days. But, <laughs> you, know, you get the idea. Like we're going to be able to make sure that you're you're a hundred percent on it. You know, exactly. Um, so that's going to be exciting. Uh, I think they just released the pre-sale uh, out to like the BKI members. Uh, they always they get the pre-sale for that, and then some of the combine guys. But then at the Vegas event is when they'll open if it's not sold out already. Uh, if you contact me, I might be able to maybe maybe give you a, a little in. <laughs> there it is. But yeah, that, there it is. But yeah, thanking the sponsors, uh, Field One, HK Army. Uh, we just switched to Immortal Air, so I'm excited for that. Uh, the Under Armour guys, um, you know, thank you, Bose, for the headsets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. Let's see. Thank you, Carl, for doing this. I think this is really important. It's, uh, it's a great great way to get the information out there and to get to know. Some of the pro players out there a little bit more. Yeah, and, uh, thank you, man. If you got, if you if you want to do a clinic or anybody out there, Carl, if you want to do a clinic, hit me up. You know, I'm always down, <laughs> man. I'm I'm always um, I always, I love teaching clinics. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's an incredibly important and useful tool. So, and again, no one's uh, I'm learning stuff out there. I'm, I'm learning stuff out there every weekend too, man. So sweet, man. Well, thank you so much, and uh, I will see you in uh, a little over a week yeah i'll see you in vegas all right bud safe travels thank you brian for sitting down and chatting with me about uh about your traveling life about your social media life and uh and obviously about your uh, your paintball life and all the opinions i mean i think what's cool about this platform is that you can actually hear all of uh everybody's you know all, all the best players all their opinions out there you know it's not just something that uh that they just do a quick little 
here or there on social media, they, they can actually explain themselves a little bit. Uh, you're hearing it from the horse's mouth, and you know, I, it's, it's really cool having people open up on, uh, on the podcast and really you know, say how they truly feel or, or what direction they would like things to go. And, uh, and hopefully we're helping. I mean, that's what we're trying to do. We're, trying, we, we're the ones that are playing the sport more than anybody. And all we want to do is help grow this thing that we have uh, watched grow in different ways from other people. So we're just trying to help direct the sport. But um, I think Ryan's doing a great job. He's a, he's a giant influence on, uh, on, on people from all over the world. And he does a great job, great role model. And uh, I wish him the best of luck and the safest of travels. So an- another quick thank you to our sponsors, Charm City Paintball. Like I said before, if you guys haven't seen it, check it out on my Instagram. Uh, I have a Charm City uh, Paintball headband on my pack. It's the American flag one. I will be posting up more uh, detailed pictures. Um, I'm sure over the over this weekend, I'm in Dallas. So um, I will have it there if you guys want to come check it out. But uh but he has a website, or I'm sorry, he has a Facebook and an Instagram where he has posted all of the kind of fabrics and everything that he has uh, over there. But if you want something custom, he can do that too. Charm City Paintball, check them out. Um, also brought to you by ckfightlife.com, also known as Contract Killer. If you are into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, they have geese, belts, rash guards, t-shirts, hats, all kinds of stuff. But uh, along with that, they make paintball gear, packs, pants, and, uh, and, and some other paintball gear as well. But they do laser engraving, custom-designed laser engraving. And uh, if you would like anything like that, make sure you call Tony, 951-219-5045. And uh, like I said, ask for Tony. Tell him Carl from the Playing On Podcast sent you. Or jet over to CK, ckfightlife.com and check out all of their gear. And last but not least, we are brought to you by Planet Eclipse, who have come out with the CS2. And if you're, if you're looking for a marker, there it is, CS2. But if you ask me, all of their markers are awesome. I prefer the LV series, but I also wouldn't mind shooting a CS2 because those, those are pretty slick. Um, but thank you to Planet Eclipse. Find them, planeteclipse.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I had a great podcast. I think this, this was awesome. And uh, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. If uh, you have any kind of input or guest suggestions, anything like that, hit me up on uh, all my social media platforms. Instagram is Carl underscore Markowski or on Facebook, Carl Microwave Markowski. And, uh, and yeah, and uh, here's another one in the books. Again, thank you, everybody. And we will see you again here soon on the Playing On Podcast. Peace.